for the last hour or so, which is about the time of the eclipse, has been an almost solid forecast. However, when I was in Bunbury, there was a time around noon at 12.30 when the sky cleared up and the clouds moved very rapidly here. They're low-flying clouds and it seemed to me that the chances of the clouds clearing away could improve very suddenly. According to the meteorological summary that I obtained yesterday, the chances of clear skies are better in June at 3 o'clock in the afternoon than they are at 9 o'clock in the morning. The weather, the temperature is cool and will probably get considerably cooler by June. And the people I talked to in Bunbury advised having jackets or some other warm clothing for the day of the eclipse. The road between Pemberton and Bunbury is Highway 1, which is a two-way hard surface road. And for the most part, it has a speed limit of 60 miles per hour. The distance from Bunbury to Pemberton is about 100 miles. And with a chartered bus, there should be no difficulty in covering that distance in less than three hours. The terrain is rolling and getting more so as I proceed south. Trees are getting taller. The scenery is becoming more and more interesting. According to the travel barrel in Bunbury, the Pemberton region is the area of the giant trees. The area is very clear here, and as the Department of Mapping and Earth emphasized to me, and by showing me aerial photographs of this area, this is a very common thing to have very clear skies, or dust-free air, I should say, making for very excellent topographical photos. I saw my first kangaroos a few miles back, but unfortunately they were both dead on the road. I saw several interesting birds, all of the same species, uh, about a foot long, very white, long beaks and black wings. I will have to check what kind of bird that is. It's relatively common here. I was quite nervous when I got into the car at the hotel in Perth about driving on the left side of the road, which I had not done since our trip in London five years ago. But the Hertz girl who brought the car was very sympathetic and she took me a short demonstration ride through downtown Perth and then uh, watched as I took over to see that I knew where all the controls were. Now that I've been on the road about five hours, it's becoming a lot more relaxed and really not all that difficult. I had fish and chips at the local restaurant, which is very reasonable, 95 cent lunch, which consists of a local fish called snapper, but it's spelled with an S-C-H and I thought it was snapper. The meat prices in the local stores are still what they were in America before a sudden rise in price. I was tempted to take a picture of a show window showing T 
keep on stake at 89 cents a pound, but I was afraid someone would think I'm some kind of investigator. But even at these prices, the paper this morning had an article that the government is planning some sort of action to hold meat prices where they are. It's a sure thing that none of the towns I'm passing through south of Bunbury has adequate facilities for housing 150 people. Towns that show any size on the map are Donnybrook. I've just passed through Bridgetown, which is marked as a rather large town. And there isn't anything resembling a motel of any size in any of these places. South of Bridgetown, the road is considerably narrower than before. Still a hard surface road, though. Much more winding. And getting into a hillier country right along. There are a lot of orchards in this region, as well as herds of cattle. Countryside that looks something like the rolling hills of southwestern Wisconsin. The speed limit is down to 55 miles per hour here. It's starting to drizzle again slightly. Something that has been happening off and on every day since I'm in the Perth area. But it lasts only for a very short time. Frequently with large patches of clear sky in between drizzles. There are no facilities, gas stations, between towns here of any kind. There's an occasional fruit stand, and even in the towns, a number of gas stations is very few. South of Yarnup, which is a very small town, toward Manjimup, the road has improved again, and the speed limit is back to 60. As you will notice on the map, the names of a lot of these towns end in UP, up, which I understand is an aboriginal term meaning place. The only reason I can figure out for the static on this recording while I'm moving is either wind noise or interference from the car's ignition. I have the same kind of problem on board ship, at least in certain parts of the ship, on Pearl Harbor tour. There are many open fields in this area right now, any one of which would be suitable for an observing site with a relatively unobstructed horizon to the north. Preserve area, obviously, the trees are 
getting very tall indeed. To the best of my knowledge, they're eucalyptus trees. Trucks with huge logs are passing me. at the present time with Mrs. Ellen Morris of the local tourist bureau and we're talking about finding a place where we might have good visibility toward the north on June 20th and she has just recommended the uh, recreation ground which is just across the street here from the tourist bureau. Now uh, would you say again Should Mrs. Morris why you feel that's a good place? Well, it is clear there is no immediate tall tree uh, in the vicinity. There's shelter, should it be raining. Mm -hmm. There would be sufficient accommodation there for more than 100 people mm -hmm. in the park. Mm -hmm. So that uh, you've got that protection from the weather yes. and very clear visibility. There's no obstruction at all. Mm -hmm. uh, anywhere else, there are beautiful places in the forest, but uh, in view could be obstructed by With the height of the trees yes. there, uh, close to 300 feet high. Yes. And uh, so that with the idea of getting a clear view, that might be such a good idea. Right. I think right here, uh, the recreation field uh, would probably be the best idea. Yeah. Uh, it would be close to other facilities here, yes. uh, to restaurants and so on. Yes. Now, uh, how shall we go about uh, reserving that place? Can we do that uh, in I writing somehow yes. through the Tourist Bureau? I have your address, haven't I? Yes. Well, I, I think I could give you a verbal confirmation now, and I'll, I'll send you a written All confirmation. Right. That I feel delivered. quite certain it will be perfect. Yes, that would be fine uh, if you could do that because we are coming a very long ways, yes, and I yes. came early so that so we would be no able to have a place. Yes, um, 20th of June, 1974. Um, now, what about meals? It would be, um, be here, you know, in a during the day, yes. one uh, meal. We would be coming in the morning sometime and would want the noon meal and quite possibly the evening meal as well. Mm -hmm. and about two hours from Bunbury. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Well, I think that we could arrange that too. Um, yes. Most likely with one of the guest houses. Uh -huh. Or the hotel. Fine. And then one or the other. Yes. But I will give you written confirmation of this. Uh, and of the meals as well. Yes, the meals as well, That's yes. And um, luncheon, um, you, you don't know for certain how many. No, because we won't know until later how many sign up for this expedition. It mm. is, uh, the air travel is being provided by American Airlines and probably Trans-Australian from Sydney. Yes. And the land arrangements through uh, travel people, probably Perth. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll probably rent a coach either from Bunbury or Perth okay. to bring the people this far. Mm -hmm. And then I imagine there 
would be time in that day yet to see some of the other things in the environs, and certainly the, the big okay. trees. I'll so give I you some literature on Pemberton now. This is a valuable one. This, the carry grows here. The carry is... Those, those are the trees I've seen all along. These are very tall, yes. clear, beautiful were eucalyptus trees. Well, they are. Eucalyptus diversifier is the name of the I tree. see. And it's a hardwood, and it's the third tallest tree in the world. I see. The Californian redwood, the giant sequoia is tall. Yes. And the mountain ash in Victoria was taller. I see. There are species of ours that have grown taller than yes. some of theirs, but yes. uh, overall. And now that is the story of the Cary Forest. This is all about Pemberton. There's some raw addresses on the back there, which I'll correct. Um, Pemberton, nine-three it is. Um, that is available one. This also. Some of these um, roads aren't good uh, for a coach, but that one would be perfect. Now there's another very interesting book that I've got here. Um, the convicts were in this area only once um, in the early days of Australian history, and that was to build the first, first bridge on the Warren River down here and build a road from Pemberton uh, across to the west coast and cut the timbers for the first settler's house. Now the pit that they used to saw the timbers was found last year in the Jarrah Forest. And uh, it's been reconstructed. Now I'd like you to see that. Yes. Um, and it's exactly as it was when the convicts were using it. With the timber they were cutting, it was still around near the oh, pit. Oh, for goodness sakes. That's yeah. strange. It wasn't yeah. discovered until yeah. just, just lately. Yeah. Last year it was yes. found. And yes. um, now that, I think, you would find that a most interesting thing mm -hmm. to see. And um, there is another book I've got here, which I think for a New Yorker you must have hardwoods because they're rather precious. Um, this is all about our hardwoods. Uh huh. Very fine. Now, th that very tall tree here, uh, is that the one with the house? The uh, That's the one with the house. And how far is that from Pemberton? Two miles. In which direction? Uh, going up to the post office and then going out in that direction. It's on our map here. Um, where is it? Out here. There it is. Oh, yes. Sort of go, you're going out in a southeasterly mm -hmm. direction from Pemberton. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just under two miles. Well, is there access to that house or is it a fire oh, tower? Yes. It's a fire tower and everybody's permitted to climb it. And if they climb it, I'll give them a certificate to say they did. I see. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'd like you to have one of those too. That is the uh, Pemberton's part of the Warren. Um, district and is uh, governed by the Manjimup Shah, that's local government. Now this uh, booklet was got out by the local uh, Shah and it is of the entire um, Warren district of which uh -huh. Pemberton is part. Yes. But this is uh, some, something about us in here as well. Because mm -hmm. we're famous for trout fishing too. Very good. And really uh, getting a lot of information. Yes, I think that you know, if you know what you're coming to. Yes, yes, um, and yeah. we'll be writing up uh, promotional literature for this, yes, you see, in yes. the next few months, and it will be publicized nationwide in the States. Yes, yes. So all these things will be of, of great but interest. Yes, I think they're the most valuable that I could give you. Uh -huh. um, did you want more than one of these? That might not be a bad idea. Yes, I think 
that perhaps if I give you a bundle of these. Yes, all right. I think that with arranging a tour, if everybody has a little bit of literature, now there are about 50 in that. Thank you. Well, the, the first one you gave me yes, has the corrected yes, addresses, yes, yes. so I can now, do that. Now, is there any other way I can help you? Well, um, not that I can think of, except that if I stay in this area for this evening, where would you recommend that I stay? Uh, at Carry Home. What is tonight? Uh, oh, yes, I was recommended yes. at Bunbury on Ellis. Yes. Carry Home. Here it is. Yes. On the way up to Gloucester uh, Tree. Oh, I see. I will pass it then. Yes, you'll, you'll go to, yes. going to Gloucester Tree is here. So that it's, uh, there it is, up uh -huh. from the post office. Mm -hmm. And the road to Gloucester Tree is like that, all from it. Fine. Well, so you've I'm been... I'm only too happy to help you, and I'm... You've been very helpful. ...searching the mind to see now that I've told you everything that will be... Now, is your address, the address of the Bureau here yes. on this literature, so that if I want to correspond with, with you... with me, it will be Ellen Morris. Fine. Is your name on the leaflet? Uh, probably not on anything, no. So if I write it on, on Big Tree Country... I've just taken a number of pictures of the athletic field that is being reserved for our group. Even though it is in a low part of Pemberton, the trees are distant enough and the horizon low enough, as a native reassured me, that the sun will be still well above the tree line at 2 o'clock on June 20th. There are a number of high regions uh, around Pemberton, but uh, there are a number of uh, forests in the area, and it might be difficult to obtain a spot on the day of the eclipse, so I played it safe by reserving the athletic field. After taking numerous pictures there, I went out to the Gloucester Tree, which is a very well-known local attraction in the middle of a large forested area, a form of the eucalyptus trees, as I mentioned before, called a kari. There are a number of nature trails here, and in all is a very scenic area. The rain is getting heavier here in Pemberton, I hope this is not a sign of things to come. So I am staying tonight at the Carryholm Lodge, which was recommended to me by Mr. Baxter of the Bunbury Tourist Bureau. And his recommendation is well taken. This is a beautifully situated rustic lodge, but with accommodations even if you crowd them in for only about 35 people. Interesting variation in the room I have here. There's not only a refrigerator, but even a little container of cream for the coffee. And the rates here are certainly reasonable compared with the Parmelia Hotel in Perth. The manager there gave me a 50% discount on a $20 room, and for that I'm staying here tonight. So there is about the same amount of money involved and with a real change in scenery. I just finished a delicious steak dinner here at the lodge and when I tried to pay for it they told me that uh, that was all included <coughs> in the price or as the Australians put it you've already paid for the whole lot. I was the only one in the dining room to begin with, but later I was joined by a couple. The man turned out to be a mathematics teacher in Perth, who is now retired and does some teaching at the college there, and we had a most pleasant visit. He invited us to stay at his home 
when we come back to Perth, and he also insisted on buying a copy of The God of Science. We had a, a long and very interesting visit. The name is Shepard, and I look forward to corresponding with him in the future. Now it's the morning of the 19th, and the next big surprise was the breakfast that was delivered to my room here at the lodge. This is included in the daily fare of $10, and I had checked it last night, but had no idea how ample it would be. It includes cornflakes, two fried eggs, bacon, toast, or, uh, orange juice, and beverage. This morning the sky is mostly bright and clear. There's a little early, early morning fog, a few clouds on the horizon. There's not enough time for me to drive all the way to Albany before I leave. <clears throat> but the area between Pemberton and Albany contains some of the largest of the Kari forests, and also there are several peaks, what they will call peaks here, ranging up to about 2,000 feet. <coughs> I suggest we include this trip, um, our expedition, after viewing the eclipse to drive from Pemberton to Albany or even perhaps if it is cloudy here to drive in that direction to see if we can find a clear sight. I will try to make <coughs> reservations for the group at Albany for a night before returning to Perth. I have to return to Perth through Bunbury in order to get the written confirmation for our housing there. And then I will return along the coast road to see whether we should come to Bunbury on our way down along that route uh, as far as scenery is concerned. I also plan to take a look at the accommodations that have been reserved for us in Bunbury. I will not take the same route back to Bunbury from Pemberton, but will take a smaller road through Nanup and Busselton all of which, or most of which, is within the path of totality also. So the way our itinerary for next June looks now, I have reservations in Bunbury for the night of the 19th, and I have another reservation for the 20th, although like to, if possible, <coughs> continue after the eclipse to Albany and stay there on the night of the 20th. Whether this is possible, after seeing the sights here in Pemberton, I'm not sure. But that would, instead of returning to Perth through Bunbury, if we go on to Albany, it would save a lot of mileage if we continue directly on to Albany and then back to Perth for the night of the 21st. I'll make the reservations in Albany for the night of the 20th and the 21st. As I leave Pemberton at quarter to eight, there's a heavy fog right in the vicinity of our viewing site here. 
we'll see how long it takes to lift. The fog was only in the valley where the town was. We're already out of it now. Just out of town and the high area here. There are plenty of open spaces. Absolutely clear skies coming out now. And there would be ample room along these roadsides for viewing should the site in the town be unsuitable. As I look back in the town now, I can see the fog lying in the valley. This road to Nanup is not as good as the one coming into Pemberton that I took yesterday. It's still hard surface, but rather narrow, yet still passable for buses. I see one ahead of me right now. And just entered another state forest, and the drive is absolutely beautiful. I'm now entering Nanup. It's almost nine o'clock in the morning, and there isn't a cloud in the sky. The town is just a crossroads, and just a few minutes after I pass through it, the sky is getting overcast, and it's getting foggy again. That's how rapidly the weather conditions change here. This is just about the northern edge of the path of totality, according to the maps. The road out of Nanup is excellent. It's as good as the one I had yesterday. Wide, hard surface, speed limit 60 miles an hour, easily passable. On the way to Bustleton, the sky is mostly clear again. Scattered clouds. The road, excellent. Trip, I passed a number of cemeteries, and they are reminiscent of the ones in Europe. The tops of the lots are covered with a concrete slab, and I assume that the type of burial is the same as was explained to us in Nuremberg. I just arrived at the intersection that turns north to Bunbury near Busselton. The sky is almost completely clear once more. A few scattered clouds to the north. At 9.30, the altitude of the sun is about 40 degrees. On the 50 miles from Pemberton to Busselton, I don't think I met more than a dozen cars. But the road now from Busselton to Bunbury is much better highway and the traffic is heavier. In fact, I just met a tour bus. The name of the organization is GV. GEEVEE. Speed limit here, 65 miles an hour. And even though we're very close here to the Indian Ocean along the shore drive, we're passing through another stand of beautiful timber. The sign along the way says that these are Tuart trees, T-U-A-R-T. On the second day of driving on the left side, I'm getting much more used to it. And except for the city driving, it seems quite natural. Mining area. Signs here to beware blasting. The drive this morning from Pemberton to Bunbury is taking me about two and one half hours. About the same time it took on the way down yesterday. Even though we, even though I passed through some narrower roads and took time to take pictures. Back in Bunbury now, the sky is still almost completely clear, except for a few scattered clouds on the horizon in the west. 
In Bunbury, I spent the last hour and a half with Mr. Baxter, who gave me his letter of guarantee for the motel reservations. He then took me out to the motel, where I looked at the rooms, which are adequate. They're right on the Indian Ocean seashore. The place is completely booked for the Easter weekend. Mr. Baxter then uh, took me on a short tour of the community, of which he's very proud, told me some of its history and of his own uh, background as a cavalryman in the war. He was taken prisoner in Greece for four years in World War II. He's very kind and has also offered to let us use the auditorium in the Civic Center for any lectures we wish to have during our stay here. I'm taking the old coast road back to Perth, which is right next to the water. We may wish to consider it uh, coming down to Bunbury, although it's not all that unusual at this point. The road is in good condition, however, and has a 55 mile an hour speed limit at this point. There are well kept homes along here, some very large places, but certainly not as built up as one might expect for a seashore location. The speed limit is now 65 miles an hour, just like on the other road from Perth to Bunbury. At noon, the weather is still bright and clear. A few more clouds to the north, but absolutely a brilliant sky otherwise, but the air is clear. It's almost one o'clock now. I'm about an hour out of Perth, and the sky is still clear and bright with a few scattered clouds in the northwest. I'm at the University in Netherlands right now and talking to Dr. I.C. Williams, who is kind enough to give me some of his time. And my question is, what are our chances of seeing an eclipse, Dr. Williams? The weather in June is not that good, is it? It's unpredictable. Is that right? I drove through the region this morning. I was in Pemberton last night, which is where I would like to bring our group. Uh, yes, uh, south of Bunbury. Oh, is that all? I thought it uh, was longer than that. Of course, the center line of the path does not uh, even hit the land, does it? No. Now, uh, let me give you a little idea of the kind of thing I'm doing. Here is the group I'm taking to East Africa this summer. Yeah. It's a group of uh, serious amateurs, I like to call them. Yeah. Um, some of whom are doing some scientific work, but it's not a scientific team as such. The man who is working with me in organizing the Australian trip is Dr. J. Allen Hynek of Northwestern University, who will be down here this summer uh, at the IAU convention, which I believe is in Sydney. Yes. And he plans to spend uh, an entire month here, I understand, lecturing in various places. I don't know whether he's coming to the university here. No, no, no uh, notice that he's coming over here to the university. Uh -huh. I, I haven't heard his full itinerary uh, as yet. Okay, good. Yes, please, and here's my card. And uh, I'd like to show you something else that I've uh, done very recently, if I may present you with this copy. It, the initials are S-E. Yeah. I've written uh, an astronomy textbook for colleges, and I've also done a physics text that is used quite widely in the States for high school students. Yeah. And then recently, uh, I did something which is a little bit different here. I traveled to a number of countries and interviewed 
uh, a great many scientists on their religious views. And I put together this little booklet here called The God of Science. And I would be very anxious to hear uh, what you think of it after looking at it. Am I correct? Uh, Dr. Harris tells me that you will be taking the group uh, down somewhere on the coast for the eclipse. Uh, where well, I have a plan to take any group down. Uh, Are you you're going yourself? Well, uh, uh, well of course I'll go myself, but to think of uh, I haven't made any plans for observation of the eclipse uh, as yet. I thought it was a bit early to do that. And what I had thought of trying to organize was that somebody should uh, either get up on top of a hill where I can see uh, northwestward, mm -hmm. or you get up in a helicopter or a plane and take some moving pictures of the shadow coming across, which I believe is very impressive. Yes. And yes. This sort of thing ought to be recorded. Now, uh, I suppose the more people are doing that sort of thing, the better. And this, I, I, I also understand that you can get something, even though it's cloudy, from this Yes, I was in Quebec last summer. It was cloudy, it was a complete overcast, and it was very impressive, of course, as it got dark, and I had the feeling that I could see a shape to the shadow even with the overcast. But the pictures you're talking about are really quite rare. I've, I've seen a few still photos, but I don't know whether a, a motion picture has ever been made of that. Well, I, I, I'd like to uh, try to organize somebody to try. It wouldn't cost very much. Mm -hmm. If it did happen to be a good weather, where it was taken, we'd get something. It works as a record. Yes. But you don't know yet where you will go. No, no. Uh, I've got a house in Albany, but uh, there's only uh, 90 seconds there right now. Well, I don't think we can out the And uh, the longest you can get is down on the coast near Windy Harbour, which uh, hasn't got any real accommodation, which is... Uh, That's on the west coast? No, on the south coast. On the south. I didn't bring it with me, but, uh, no, I, didn't have my map with me. but I, I think I know. Oh, it keeps coming off, yes. Um, I was told, though, uh, there was a Dr. Rosen here from uh, NASA about a month ago. Uh, did he come in to see you? Oh, yeah, I talked with him before he went down. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he. Uh, I think it started to stir people up and they were getting some observation. Mr. Harris told me that got a lot of rainfall observation. Does not know you? Yes. Uh, all I can tell you is the average rainfall is high. Yes, I uh, know. <laughs> but in talking to him, he said from uh, the information he got from the Bureau of Meteorology here in Perth that even uh, with the heavy rainfall, there are hours of sunshine almost every day in June. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it might be lucky at that. And uh, around about midday is probably the best time to for, see. For clear skies. Yeah, I would have thought that uh, it would tend to cloud up at night toward dusk. Yes. Clouds are clear away in the morning. And at lunchtime would be the best time. Yes. Now you mentioned that right on the coast there might be quite a bit of spray. Um, yeah, well that, that was the thing that we were thinking of, a lot of salt. And so to get inland a little farther yeah. might be better. Now, uh, where did you say it was longest and how long will it be there? Place called Windy Harbour. Windy Harbour. It's approximately four minutes. About four minutes. Yeah. Now, if you came inland from Pemberton, uh, Windy Harbour would be about uh, six South. Yeah. It's uh, 
a bitumen ride down the North Cliff, probably a travel ride of about 16 to 20 miles, but travel ride of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a holiday fishing settlement. There might be one store I don't know, but there used to be nothing mm -hmm. except a few huts. Uh, behind Wimby Harbour, on the maps that Mr. Harris has, is a sign of a There's a fairly large uh, hill, some five or six hundred feet high. And, uh, I think I can remember the report that this is far, probably far enough anyway, and this about three or four miles in, mm -hmm. to escape the worst of the salt. So, uh, uh, there might be a possibility, I don't know. Uh, there are a couple of good hills down at Albany, you went through Albany, didn't you? I didn't go quite that far, I went as far as Pemberton. But uh, uh, Albany is just about at the end of it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It crosses the crosses the coast about uh, five or six miles north of Albany. It's not only about a minute and a half. Yes. So there are a couple of quite uh, sizable hills there. There's some up Denmark. I think Denmark's got about two and a half minutes. Um, a place called Augusta, which is uh, yes, down at the Lord, and it's got a hill about 600 feet high, and it's a fairly windy place, it's not my own case, but mm -hmm. I think I've written, I've inclined the word Augusta. Mexico in 1970 and there was one little road going out of the main town and it was the biggest traffic jam I can remember. And the same thing will probably occur here. So I've made reservations for our group which I hope to be up to 150 tourists in Bunbury which uh, is big enough to accommodate that money. And then on the morning of the uh, eclipse to head south depending a little on the weather report, I suppose. Uh, we want to remain movable uh, instead of setting up a site permanently because yeah. we might be able to follow the clear weather. Yeah, although I would have thought that uh, you're in one or two situations, either a cold front coming up, and it's going to hit the coast of Bunbury, Augusta, uh, say uh, about 11 o'clock in the morning, and the Denmark-Albany end is going to be relatively fine to about uh, 3 o'clock, so the front gets across there. Or you've got a front that's passed, and it's clearing up from the west end. Now that you, you can recognise that probably day or so before me. And then of course you might be in a situation like we've had the last few days where it's cloudy anyhow Yes. Now today it's beautiful. Yesterday was the last several days it's been almost a steady drizzle in this whole area. Yeah, well what was it like down there? I was there last night and it was completely overcast and drizzling and this morning it cleared up and all the way here from Pemberton driving I had clear sunshine. Mm -hmm. Although there was fog in the low-lying areas, now I don't know how long that stays. I left rather early and Pemberton is in a depression and it was foggy uh, early this morning but this probably burns off. I knew. Uh, yeah, well, the only experience I had of it is listed about 10 o'clock. Yes. Uh, last night I was in Albany, there was a fog in the morning. 
Well, I'm sure there'll be some enthusiasm building up as they hear about the large number of people that will come in here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hadn't realized that. What they what they were concerned was to uh, be careful about the publicity because the, uh, the general public will have to be warned not to Yes, of course. And it is unusual that the path touches such a small part of the yeah. land. Now, Africa will cover the entire northern part of the continent. Oh, yeah. and here, going through? It starts in, in Mauritania, and there are several groups. There's a, there's a ship going over with 1,500 people on board that will view it from shipboard. And then Dr. Menzel of Harvard is taking a group uh, into the Sahara, yeah. which is very rugged, and instead of doing that, I'm settling for five minutes of totality in Kenya. And we're putting up a safari camp on Lake Rudolph on the northern end there, which is a very primitive area. It'll be as interesting to see the natives there as it is the eclipse. <laughs> I was there a year ago, and uh, the Kenyan government is helping us a great deal in making troops available and helicopters and everything right. else in case of difficulty. We have to fly the people in in small planes. Yeah. So well, this one's comparatively Yes, for sure. I'm driving through there, it's much easier to get to than any I've been to now for a long time. Would you be flying them in? We'll be flying them in and out of Nairobi. No, I mean in this one. We'll be flying to Perth yeah. and then uh, probably hiring a coach from here. It's a long ways, uh, probably through Honolulu to Sydney and then TAA or what's the other airline? Uh, Ansett. Ansett, one of the two, yeah. across to Perth. Yeah. Oh, if you had a charter, you'd come on through. Yes. Yes, well, it will depend on the tribal people that I'm working with, whether a charter is cheaper. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes, because for a charter you pay for it while it's sitting here. Yeah, yeah. And the other way, they, we take commercial line and get a discount that way. Well, um, I appreciate your taking a little time for me, dropping in suddenly, and if you don't mind, I would like to correspond with you again as the yeah, time sure. gets closer to uh, see how your plans are coming. Uh, well, as I said, I'll probably think more about it between now and the IAU, and the IAU making them stimulate. Yes. Uh, more talk about it, we might. But the more outside interest we hear of, the more we'll have to think about it. Yes. Well, I'll tell Dr. Heineck uh, yeah. to be sure to uh, get in touch with you this summer. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be, uh, if you're both at the IAU meeting, you can uh, discuss it further. He wants to come with me uh, this week, but he's still teaching this week, so he's coming later and by myself. It's a very long flight. It's 28 hours. It's right up here. From New York. Yeah. <laughs> with 12 hours of time change. Yes. When are you going back? Tomorrow. Oh, I'm only here a week. I have to be back uh, for Easter. My daughter's getting married, and I have to help make the arrangements. Otherwise, I'd love to stay in this area a little longer, but we'll be in Australia about three weeks in, in 74. I remember now, you, you wrote to... Uh, to the Dean. The Dean, Jeffries, which was yes. his, his brother's in charge of, uh, you know, the observatory on, uh, in Hong Kong, the one that's 13,000 feet up. Oh, that's his brother? Yeah, John Jeffries is his brother. This is, uh, I see. Yeah, I don't have his letter. Still yes, I have his letter in the car. Yeah. I thought you were right to him because of that. He yeah. rang me and uh, I said, I'll get in touch with John Harris, and he had already written it. Yes, yes. I, I hope to go out to the observatory yet today. I, I was with him the other day, but I would like to see the observatory at Bickley. Yeah. Part of which is associated with Lowell Observatory, I believe. 
How do I get to Bickley from here? You've got a car. Yes. Uh, you know the way into town and over the bridge? I came from the south just now on um, what's the highway out front here? Stirling Harbour? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do I stay on that? Go on that. Into and the city? No. Dodge the city. Uh, go oh, toward, toward the city. Uh, west. Yeah, go around go around the riverfront. Yes. Down down there. That's uh, well you can uh, see out of my office window if you like. So it's not a lot. No, oh no. Then you go out out the front there and round by the river behind this tree. Yes. As you come round you'll uh, Past the brewery, you'll see a bridge over the over the river. Mm -hmm. When you go over that bridge, you can follow the road over the bridge, and then you see on the on the far shore there where cars are passing along. Yes. There's a freeway there. Yes. You go across that freeway. Somewhere about three miles up, you come to the end of it. There's a, a road. And then, and then a little bit of a hill, you come to the river again, the river comes through here. You go through. Keep on that road, it turns around, you sort of follow the main mm -hmm. road, and then you come to a wider road. And it bears over this way for about, say, uh, three to four miles. It's quite a wide road, Manning Road. Then you come to another highway with traffic lights and you go straight across there, across the railway line and about a mile or a mile and a half down here, you come to another road and this is a Welsh Prairie. Mm-hmm. There are no lights there. You go through here, you cross a railway there, and you go through 
and then turn the road turns left and then right and uh, it goes up the escarpment more or less straight east from here and then right across there it goes up the escarpment there mm-hmm. so this is the hill on about two miles on top of the hill there's a sign observatory six miles turn left at that sign this road there straight on it's just just there mm-hmm. and continue on and the tv towers which you can't see at the moment because of the smoke normally you can see them on the ridge up there there are two towers up here road goes past those and then another road comes down here down a hill there's a sign there three miles we observed from just there go down the hill down right down to a dip and there's another sign which says observatory two miles up the hill and continue on the road up your two miles and you can't go off it it's a bitumen road you come to the observatory you see the observatory at the top this is a place called uh, here it's called Les Murdy. There's Murdy Hill. There's a garage. Petrol station just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a petrol station just here. And you go along there. This is worth four road. Well, I think you can get on the freeway all right. You go over the bridge. Mm-hmm. There's the river. You come round here. And you have to turn to the right and go under the bridge and then go around like that. Mm-hmm. And normal freeway approach. And you come straight over the bridge onto the freeway and go through. Mm-hmm. There is a road up there, but you don't go that way. About how long does it take from here? Oh, I usually do it in about 35, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's about 23 miles. I see. Well, that, that will help you? I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm going to give uh, Mr. Harris a ring, and uh, I don't want to do it too early because he's still asleep now. Did he? That's, oh. uh, he said I shouldn't call him before 5. <laughs>